Anybody have to wait for anything this week? Anybody wait in line? Anybody uh, wait to hear back from someone? Uh, we, we are a society that is in hurry up and wait mode almost all of the time. And waiting can be frustrating. Uh, it can be uh, infuriating. And yet it's a part of our life. Uh, It's a part of day-to-day getting from point A to point B, and not not just our life, but it's a part of our our walk with God as well. We've been talking about all the places that God may want us to go, or the the big decisions that we may have to make about choosing this path or that path, or A or B or door one or door two, or this relationship or that relationship. And when it comes to our spiritual life, uh, there's often waiting involved before the door opens, before we know the answer, uh, before we get the opportunity, there's a period of waiting that most of us are going to go through, not just once, but throughout our lives. Dr. Seuss wrote about the waiting place in Oh, the Places You'll Go. He writes, you can get so confused that you'll start into race. Down long wiggled road is a, at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish wild space, headed, I fear, toward a most useless place, the waiting place. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or a no or waiting for their hair to grow, everyone is just waiting." Waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. And we've all been there. Some of us are there right now. We're in waiting mode. We're waiting for a yes or a no. We're waiting for a better break. We're waiting for another chance. Everyone is is waiting, and those times can be frustrating. I mean, it's the waiting times of our life that cause us to, to lose our patience, right? Or lose our cool, or lose our religion, or lose a lot of things when we're in the middle of waiting. But when you read the Bible, you find that almost everybody in the Bible went through waiting periods. You'll not just find examples of waiting, you'll find commands for waiting. You'll you'll find where God says, you're going to wait, and you're going to wait for a long time sometimes. Here's some examples. This is Psalm chapter 130, verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in His word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. I wait, I wait, and I wait. And specifically, uh, the psalmist says, I wait like a watchman waits for the morning. I've been waiting all night, and I'm, I'm leaning forward. I'm kind of up on my tiptoes waiting for the morning to come. When we were kids, maybe teenagers, maybe college students, uh, there was nothing better than staying up all night, right? Like when you were a kid, that was the greatest thing ever. We're going to stay up all night. And then you reach an age when you realize that's really not a good idea. Like there's nothing great about that. 
There's nothing fun. There's nothing exciting. Why would you look forward to waiting, to staying up all night long? Uh, especially those last couple of hours. Like if you're an adult and you have to chaperone an all-night event, maybe, or you have to drive all night, which is dangerous. You should try to avoid that. But sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to drive all night. There's something about that kind of 3.30 to 5.30 period that's really two hours. It seems like 16 hours. It's like, will the sun ever come up? The psalmist says, I'm waiting on the Lord, and it's still dark, and it's still night, but I'm leaning forward like I'm on my tiptoes, like I can't wait for the sun to come up. And the psalmist says, that's, that's, that's the way it is when I'm, when I'm waiting for the Lord. Like I'm leaning forward, like I'm, I'm anticipating what's about to come next, and that night can drag on and that last little bit can seem like forever, but the sun is coming. Things are about to change. David uh, is another one. He writes in Psalm 27, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Same thing. I don't know when it's going to happen. You read the whole context of the verse, there's a lot of bad things happening in David's life. At the time, there's a lot of struggles and indecisions, and, and people are against him, and he's not sure how it's all going to turn out. So he ends that chapter just by saying, I'm waiting on the Lord. It's not here yet. Sun hasn't come up yet. Answer hasn't arrived yet. And obviously, if there, if there are all of these commands or examples of waiting in the Bible, then that means God intends the waiting in our life as much as God intends the decision that we're going to make. We don't like to think of it that way, right? We think decision, 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 or this path, that path, right, left, right, left. We think about the moment when we get the answer, but God intends the waiting of our lives to accomplish things in us every bit as much as God intends the actual action and making a decision. God intends the pause as much as God intends the go. So what do we do in the waiting? What should that look like? What should that not look like? Let's start with what it should not look like. Waiting is not the same as stopping. Waiting is not the same as stopping. Waiting doesn't mean giving up. Waiting doesn't mean doing nothing. Waiting doesn't mean checking out or bailing out or resigning myself. The, the waiting that we read about in the Bible, both the, the commands or, or the words from the psalmist or the, the narrative example, the stories of people who are waiting, it's always an active waiting. And it's all, it's, we talked about the process, seeking wisdom and, and, and being in prayer and asking God for wisdom and seeking wise counsel from other people. That, that's the sort of waiting that the Bible talks about. Not a, well, I'm just going to do nothing until I get an answer, but I, I'm going to keep taking the next right step. We talked about that a little bit last week. I, I, I don't know what the answer is going to be, I don't know when the answer is going to come, so I'm just going to do the next right thing. 
Whatever the next right thing in front of me is, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that step until God reveals his answer for me. Some, some common examples. I, I, I'm waiting on a new job. I'm waiting to make a career change. It hasn't come. It's still night. I'm looking forward to it. I'm expecting. I'm waiting for it to come so what I can do is I can fill out applications. I can go to interviews. I, uh, I, I can get the certification that I'm going to need for the, the new job. I, I can learn a new skill that maybe will make me more marketable. Those waiting periods are not stopping periods. They're, God, what can I do in this, in this season of my life that will get me ready for the next season? We're, Thinking about moving, we don't know if we're going to move. Well, I, I can figure out how much our house is worth. I can start looking into different communities that we might move to. What about school system? I, I can start doing some of that. I can pray through some of that, even though I don't have a clear answer. I don't have an answer on the job, but, but I can do the absolute best that I can do in the job I'm currently in. Like I can honor God with my work. Where I am. Waiting time is not stopping time. It's not giving up time. Waiting time is also not the same as delaying. And I feel like we just we need to say this. Uh, waiting on the Lord is not code for I can't make a decision. And, and, and sometimes we confuse those two. Waiting on the Lord is not me putting off decisions. It's not me delaying decisions. The, the watchman that's waiting for the morning, when the sun comes up, he's ready to go. He's ready to move. When, when he gets what he's looking for, he wants to start moving forward. That's the way you and I are to be. Yes, there's waiting periods. And some of those waiting periods are long periods. But that doesn't mean... Waiting is an excuse for delaying. Sometimes we say, I'm praying about it as an excuse not to make a decision. That's not what waiting is either. It's not an excuse to not make the decision. So what is, what is waiting time? Well, waiting time is a time of expecting. It's a time of expecting. Like it's coming. It's, I believe that God is at work. I believe God is doing things. I believe God is going to show up. Again, the watchman, the context of the verse, like he's on his toe, he's on his tiptoes, he's looking to the horizon. It's not now, it's still dark right now, but I know something's coming. I know that God is going to answer. I know that the sun is coming up out in front of me, waiting is a time of expecting, and, and, and that gets difficult the longer the waiting is, doesn't it? The hopeful part of waiting becomes more and more difficult. David said it in the verse we read a minute ago. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, I know it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Didn't happen yesterday. Doesn't look like it's going to happen today. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow, but I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. God's going to show up in the land of the living. David says, I don't have to die in order to see God do something. God's going to do something in my life, in this life. I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm expectant that God's going to show up. It's interesting that in the Bible, 
the word that's translated wait also, in, in some translations, gets translated look. An example, Psalm 39, 7. Some translations translate it this way. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? Another translation says, but now, Lord, what do I look for? And it's not that one's wrong and one's right. It's, it's that waiting in the Bible has both of those ideas. I'm waiting, but I'm looking forward. I'm waiting, but I'm expecting. I'm waiting, but I'm believing that God is going to show up. And like I said, you know, that's easy the first day. It's easy maybe the first week. Maybe it's easy the first month, but by the sixth month or the tenth month or the twelfth month, we've got to remind ourselves... Even though I don't know the answer yet, I'm waiting and I'm looking. The Bible often combines the idea of waiting and hoping. Here's an example, Psalm 33, 20. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our hope and our shield. We wait in hope. We don't wait in frustration. We don't wait in despair. We don't wait while we're complaining. We, we don't wait while, while we're grumbling. The psalmist says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait in hope. I'm going to wait in expectation. You know, I don't see it right now. Even though it's not in front of me right now, I'm going to wait expecting God to show up at some point. The reason we can do that is because Waiting is a time of believing. Waiting is an act of faith. For the follower of Christ, for the person who believes that there's a sovereign God directing all things, waiting is an act of faith in that God. It's an act of trust in God. Many of the passages that have to do with waiting say, I wait for the Lord, right? which is different from I wait for an answer. Or I wait for a decision, or I wait for a job, or I wait for this relationship, or I wait for this thing to work out. The psalmist all say, no, what I'm waiting for is the Lord, because I know He's in charge. I'm waiting for what God is going to bring into my life. I'm waiting for what God is going to do in my life. I wait for the Lord, which, which again, is an act of faith. It's our way of saying, God, I trust you before I get the answer. God, I trust you before I know what door I'm supposed to go through. God, I'm waiting for you. I'm expecting you to do something. Even though it hasn't happened yet, even though I haven't seen it yet, I believe by faith that you are at work. Now, if, if you don't believe in God then you, you shouldn't have this expectation. You, you should wish that random events are going to fall in place and move in your favor if you don't believe in God. That just sort of chaotically, randomly, everything's going to line up and, and things are going to work out for you. And many times they will work out for you. But if you believe in God, you don't believe random events are just kind of circling around the universe. Random events are circling through space and time. You believe, I believe, there is a God over all of this. And, and He knows 
When you and I are walking in the sunshine, he knows when you and I are in the dark and we're waiting for sunrise. He knows when we're on our tiptoes and we're expecting. God knows that about us and he invites us into his plans and his purposes. He's numbered our days. He sees our life from beginning to end. This is a time of expecting, but this is a time of believing. God, you're going to do something. And I trust you. Waiting is also a time of listening. Waiting is a good time to, to kind of get in God's word and begin to pray. And as we said, seek wise counsel. Meditate on God's word. Get, get, get our, our heart and our mind still and quiet before the Lord. It's a time of, of listening. And, so, and sometimes this is a struggle. I, I think all of us maybe go through times in our life where we wonder, this thing that I'm thinking, this thing that I want to do, is that God speaking to me or is that me speaking to me? Right? Have you ever wondered that? Like, is it my conscience? Is, is it my mind? Is, do I just really want this thing? And so I'm kind of thinking that it's God. Or is it God? How do you know the difference between those two? And uh, that would probably take a long time to cover all of that subject. Let, let, me, let me try to give you a short answer. Uh, the best way to recognize God's voice, in my opinion, is to listen for God's voice over time. Get in the habit of wanting to know what God thinks. Get in the habit of seeking God's influence in your life, studying His Word. Here are the things that God has said in His Word. So when He's speaking to me, it's probably going to line up with that. Get in the habit of, of calling out to God over time. Part of our problem is... We run to God with big decisions. God, I need to know. God, I need to know. God, tell me, tell me, tell me. And then once we make the decision, we're kind of done with God for a while. And then the next time there's a big decision, we run back to God. Okay, please let me know. Tell me, what am I supposed to do? But it's hard, it's, it's hard to know the voice of God if I'm just checking in two or three times in my life. Three or four big decisions, I'm running to God. You know whose voice I always recognize? My wife's. I always recognize my wife's voice because I've been hearing it for close to 30 years. I know what she calls me, both good and bad. I know what the inflections mean. I know what the volume level means. If it's here or if it's here, I know exactly what that means. Because I've been listening to her for close to 30 years. I don't ever mistake someone else's voice for my wife's voice. I know my kid's voice. Sometimes I get them confused on the phone because they sound so much alike. But I don't ever confuse one of my kids with one of your kids. Like, I know what my kids sound like because I listen to them all the time. If you don't know, I live in a house full of women. Four women. Somebody's talking all the time. I know what their voices sound like because I've been listening to those voices for a long, long time. You know, what helps 
us know God's voice? When we listen for God's voice over time, not just in the big decisions, in the medium decisions, in the small decisions, in the no decision time, like just in, in praying, just in reading God's word, just in coming in worship and making my life available to God, listening for his voice over time. Now, let me be clear. I, I've never heard an audible voice from God. Like I've never heard God say my name out loud. Some people say that they have. I don't have any reason to doubt them. I, I don't disbelieve them. I'm just saying I've never heard like this voice from God. But what I've sensed over time, because for 35 years or so, I've made big and small and medium decisions. I've been around God's people. I've worshipped with God's people so many times over 35 years that I've just gotten comfortable with the way God leads me. What I begin to sense when God is directing me in a certain path. How God confirms things to me. Because for years and years and years, I've wanted to know what God thought. Part of our struggle with knowing what God is leading us towards, hearing the voice of God, if we want to use that term, that phrase, part of the problem is we just sort of check in and then we tune him out. And then we check in and then we tune him out. Or God has spoken to us and we know what he wants and we decide not to do it. And so we run away from his voice. If you want to recognize God's voice, you have to invest in the relationship. Over time. God, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to spend time with you in prayer. I'm going to worship with other believers. I'm going to get in a community group and we're going to talk about how God leads other people. I'm going to hear other other people tell about their journey with you. Do that over time. And see if if you don't get more clarity from God. This is one of the reasons we emphasize Journey Kids Ministry and Journey Student Ministry. That's why Jono was out here telling you about VBS and and about graduate recognition. We, We want your children, my children, to be in God's Word. We we want them to hear adults teach them. This is how, this is what God says. This is what you can expect from God's leading in your life. This is how God has led me. And we want them to be exposed to that over time. That's why, look, I would say to you, if you're a parent and you find any and every excuse not to be here, you're kind of doing your kids a disservice. Because, yeah, they're not making any big decisions right now, but 10 years from now, they will be. 15 years, 20 years from now, they will be. And what we want to do is we want to introduce them to this relationship with their Heavenly Father. We want to introduce them to Jesus. We want to introduce them to God's Spirit. And so that they can begin to sense this is what it means when God is leading me. This is what it means when God helps me make a decision. And it's not just our kids. It's all of us need that. I'm not saying that God won't speak to you unless you come to church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you and I in worship, in studying his word and being together with other people, when, when we do that over time, God's voice gets more familiar to us. 
His leading gets more familiar to us. So don't, don't put that off until it's time to make the big decision. One more thought. In times of waiting, don't get discouraged and don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged and don't get distracted because those are two of the big temptations when the waiting drags on. When the waiting goes from a week to a month to six months to a year, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get distracted. Again, we read David's words. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. In verse 14, you know who I think he's talking to when he says wait for the Lord? I think he's talking to himself. He's not just giving us a command. David is saying, I'm confident that God's going to show up. I'm expecting God. I have hope that God is going to show up. And then I think he says to himself, hang in there. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. You ever talk to yourself? There was a time 20, 30 years ago when you were out in public and someone was talking to themselves, you thought they were crazy, right? Because most of the time they were. They were crazy. Kind of keep your kids away from those people. Now, now, thanks to Bluetooth, everybody talks to themselves loudly about subjects that everybody doesn't need to hear, right? We're a society where people just walk by you talking to themselves and nobody thinks anything of it. David talked to himself, I think. David said, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to wait for the Lord. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself, talk to your own spirit, to your own soul. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take courage. Morning is coming. The sun is going to rise. The answer is coming. Be patient. Wait for the Lord. Don't get, don't get discouraged. And then don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Wait for the Lord. Listen, don't get distracted by what's going on in somebody else's life. Have you ever noticed when you're waiting on an answer, everybody else seems to be getting an answer? When you're waiting for a door to open, doors seem to be open for everybody else. They're not. They're not. They're people waiting like you are. But it, when you're in that, that season of walking in the dark, of not knowing, it looks like everybody else has things going their way. And the psalmist said, look, when you're, when you're waiting on the Lord, when you're expecting... and." I'm, don't get sidetracked by what's happening with somebody else. God's at work in your life. Like God's doing something in your life. Don't start measuring, God, am I in your will? God, are you speaking to me? God, why? Don't start measuring what God's doing in your life because you look at somebody else and you see something happening in their life. The, the psalmist even said, look, there's, there's people who don't even live for God and things are going to be going great for them. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. God's at work in your life. Don't get discouraged and don't get distracted because God intends the waiting parts of our life as much as He intends the decision parts. Anybody plant a vegetable garden this year? 
Oh, no, nobody. Okay. Um, thank you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I see that hand. Yeah, I, I planted a garden this year. I've got a couple of raised beds. It's a little puny, dinky little garden, but uh, a couple of raised beds in the backyard. And I planted about, mm, about four weeks ago. And I have no vegetables at all. Right? I put them in the ground, been watering, fertilizing. I got nothing. Which surprises no one, right? Like that surprises no one. Why? Because this is waiting season. This is waiting season. Plants are in the ground, and we're waiting. Now, that doesn't mean stuff's not happening. Like stuff's happening. Right? Energy's taking place. Right? Think plants are starting to grow. You know, whole science project, all that's going on. I just can't see all of that. I can't see everything that's going on. This, this is waiting season. And so you know, you know what you do in waiting season? If you plant a garden, you water, and you fertilize, and you weed, and you stake, and you wait. Because here's the thing. I'm convinced that every season's not going to be waiting season just because this season is. I'm convinced that the waiting season is part of the process that gets you to the harvest. And so I wait. And you wait. And if you're a gardener, you wait. And if you're a human, you wait. Because you believe not every season's waiting season, even though this one is. And so, God, whatever you're doing below the soil, whatever you're doing in the vine, whatever you're doing through the leaves, I don't see it yet. I'm not reaping any benefit from it yet, but I believe this is part of the process that's going to take me where you want me to go. Zach's going to come. He's going to sing a song about seasons in our life. And we wanted to give you a tangible way to respond this morning. Maybe you're in a waiting season. And this would just be a way for you to say, I'm going to wait for the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. Maybe I'm discouraged right now, but I'm going to wait for the Lord. Or, or, or maybe you look back. Maybe you're not in a waiting season right now, but you look back on one you were in, and you saw what God did, and you saw the answer that eventually came, even though you knew even though at the time you thought it wasn't going to come, and maybe today would, would be an opportunity for you to, to do something tangible to say, God, I remember that time. Thank you for that time. Thank you for what you were doing. I've seen a harvest now, but it was a lot of waiting before I got to that harvest. So uh, Zach built a planter for us. And we have some seeds here. And as he sings... You don't need to sing. You don't know this song, so you don't need to try to sing. But, but maybe, you should, maybe you should come. Maybe take a minute to pray or, or just come and take a seed out of one of these flower pots and just stick it right here. Say, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I believe. I'm trusting. I believe that the sun's going to come up. God, we pray that you would help us wait and help us to wait faithfully. Help us to wait in hope. Help us not just to wait, but to look. Because you intend the waiting seasons every bit as much as you intend the harvest seasons. They're not nearly as much fun.
But that's where the growth takes place. Unseen, sometimes in the dark, that's where the growth takes place. And so today we, we come and we, we stick a seed in the ground as a testament of our heart to say, God, we're going to wait for you. We believe you as an act of faith. We're going to wait in hope for what you're doing in our lives. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You come. You be the first one.